0: Assalamu alaikum guys, welcome to episode 51 of the Millionaire Muslim Podcast And I owe you an apology for not uploading a podcast for the last few weeks So sincere apologies on our side for that It's been really quite busy, quite manic If you haven't heard the latest through our email list Then the big news is that I am quitting my job as a corporate lawyer to go full-time on islamicfinanceguru.com, which is massively exciting news for us. So, inshallah, you will see a ramp-up in activity Going forward. We've got big plans, inshallah, and my ask of you guys is that you make sincere du'a us in our journey because it's a big step in our, in our journey. So, yeah, we need all the help we can get from you guys and we need your continued support. So, jazakallah khair for helping us to get to this point. And Jazakallah Khair in advance for helping us to progress, inshallah, to the very next level. So on to the episode, which is a khutbah, which Ibrahim recently did. And it's interestingly all about Brexit, which I'm sure you've heard enough of. But this is quite an interesting take on it. It's all about thinking about Brexit negotiations in the context of the Day of Judgment. So inshallah, we'll all benefit from it. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. As ever, our inboxes are open to you guys. It's Mossin at islamicfinanceguru.com and Ibrahim at IslamicfinanceGuru.com. If you want to get in touch with us for anything whatsoever, please feel free to do so. And don't forget to remember us in your duas. Inshallah, assalamu alaikum and hope you enjoy the episode.
1: In Alhamdulillah, <laughs> wa wanasta. ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهتى الله فلا مضل له ومن يضل فلا هادي له ونشد والله إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن خير الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحديث حديث محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتَّقُوا الله حق تقاته ولا تَمُوتُنَّ إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتب الله الذي تسألون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يَا اِيُّهَا الَّذِينَ So yesterday's big news and today's big news for those of you who follow BBC you know the, the, the big news when it comes across the front all the way across the top uh, that kind of big news has been Brexit right and there's been a deal done by Boris Johnson in uh, uh, in, in Europe and we've got a Brexit deal this khutbah is not going to be about you know discussing the pros and cons of Brexit I'm no oracle but what I thought would be really interesting to have a think about is to think about the negotiation that went on into Brexit and the lessons that we can learn from it so I thought that there are three Broad areas, the three broad principles of negotiation that shaped the course of the Brexit negotiations and the deal. The first was knowledge, and so for those of you who do this um, in, as part of your uh, daily work or as part of your business, you know how important it is to have knowledge on on your side of the of the deal about what the other side is thinking, about what the other side is going to do, and in our in in uh, the UK's case. Uh, the European Union knew that we were definitely going to leave right and that to some extent you could argue weaken the position then the other thing that has an important dynamic uh, in a negotiation context is the delay and the timing and when you're going to do it how you're going to do it is there any leeway to push it further so that's another thing to think about and it's been an important part of what what happened and then finally Um, amongst many things the three things I want to focus on is negotiation power and so what is your alternative? What are you uh, relative to the other person in terms of size? (coughs) Uh, Is the European Union larger than the UK as an economy etc etc so those are the three kind of things that I thought we would dwell on and the reason why I'm harping on about this and why this has got to do with our deen is because at some point or another in our um, existence, on one day we are going to be entering into the most desperate negotiation in front of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la for either Jannah or Jahannam, there will be a day when we will be pleading with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la on uh, on that outcome, Jannah or Jahannam, it will literally all come down to that. And so thinking back to those three kind of broad principles that we talked about, uh, knowledge, timing, and negotiation power. Let's have a think about how the Quran talks about this and the Hadith talk about this. So, in terms of knowledge, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says in the Quran: A'udhu on that day, we will put a seal upon their mouths and their, um, their hands and their feet, they will start speaking and their legs will testify to us what they have been earning. So on that day, you know, when we talk about knowledge, when we talk about, you know, what's the other side going to do, when we talk about in a housing, you know, when you're buying a house, are they really going to sell or not? you know and it would be sometimes you think oh it would be really nice to you know somehow have you know uh, an insight into what this person is really thinking when we're negotiating with Allah ﷻ, our own bodies will be speaking against us and they will be speaking the truth it will be as transparent as you as you could imagine that is going to be our state on the day of judgment when we're entering into negotiation Allah says in the Quran ووضع الكتاب فتر المجرمين مشفقين مما فيه ويقولون ويقولون يا ويلتنا ما لهذا الكتاب لا يغادر صغيرة ولا كبيرة إلا أحصاها ووجدوا ما عملوا حاضرا ولا يظلم ربك أحدا so on this day and i want you to imagine you know yourself in these shoes and the record of deeds will be placed open and then you will see the mujrimin the criminals fearful of that within it and they will say oh woe to us what is this book that leaves nothing small or great except that it has enumerated it and they will find what they did present before them and their lord does injustice to no individual everything is going to be there Everything that we can remember or that we couldn't remember throw away things good or bad Absolutely everything will be there That's the standard to which we will be held and so when we are uh, You know thinking about uh, the negotiation position at that point That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have on his side and you know that will obviously weaken our side And we will have what our recollections are on our side. So what's you know, what's the solution to this then? What, what's the best way to kind of um, strengthen our negotiation position on the Day of Judgment, on this most critical negotiation that you'll ever do? Well, the first is in a hadith in Muslim Whoever removes a worldly hardship from a believer, Allah will remove one hardship of the Day of, Judgment, Day of Resurrection from him. Whoever grants respite to a debtor who is in difficulty, Allah will grant him relief in the world and in the hereafter. And whoever conceals the fault of a Muslim in this world, Allah will conceal him, his faults in this world and the hereafter. And Allah will help a person so long as he is helping his brother. And so it's in that last bit that we find the clue to our salvation when it comes to the problem of knowledge. If we are concealing our own sins, if we are concealing the sins of our brothers in this world, then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la will be concealing our sins in the hereafter and there's a very famous hadith of Musa salam, how Musa, there was no uh, water for days and Musa salam asked Allah Wa Ta-A'la, and, he, and he went out and he did Salatul Asisqa, he, you know, he started uh, with all of his nation, he started praying for water and then uh, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, he's, uh, he said that there is basically one guy who has not you know worshipped me for 40 years and he's the reason why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has not given you water. And so, Musa al salam said, "You know, guys, look, out of this massive crowd of hundreds of thousands, or however many thousands of people, there's one person who is holding this whole thing back. And you know, you know who you are. So please, for the sake of the entire ummah that is, you know, suffering from drought, please just walk away." and minutes passed no one walked away minutes more passed and no one walked away and then the clouds started coming and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Musa said you know oh Allah what happened and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that this guy he basically put um, a blanket over his head and he made repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. and and he said you know you have kept my sins covered for 40 years and I'm turning to you now. So, you know, I don't want to disgrace myself by walking away, keep my sins covered. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He didn't tell Musa who the person was. And He said, It's because of this person that this rain has come down. So, you know, I, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from amongst those people who, you know, we may have sinned for many, many years. But if we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sincerely, He will cover over our sins. So then the second topic delaying and buying time i mean for anyone who's read the quran any portion of it you will come across verses like this allah subhanahu he says <laughs> If you could but see when the criminals are hanging their heads before their Lord saying, Our Lord, we have seen and heard, so return us to the world. We will work righteousness, indeed we are now certain. These are people who've seen Allah who've seen the reality and now they're (coughs) pleading. Fir'aun, remember he did this when he was drowning uh, in the the Red Sea. He pleaded to Allah "I, I realized that Musa what he was saying was true. Please let me get out of this. Further in the Quran it says, if you could but see when they'll be held over the hellfire they will say would we were but not sent back to this world then we would not deny the ayahs of Allah and we would be of the believers nay it has become manifest to them what they were concealing before but if they were returned really importantly they would certainly revert to that which they were forbidden and indeed they are liars and there are many other verses like this few important points one is how interesting is it that Allah says that if they were to return they would actually go back to what they were doing before and so even if they'd seen the reality you know they would go back to what they were doing before because change is very hard right we're all Muslims here we all know at some level we have some level of iman that we are going to be judged and we are going to have to stand before Allah and yet we still sin so and it's hard for us to change so you can imagine someone who's perhaps not a Muslim how hard it would be for them to change as well So what do we do then? You know, how how do we deal with this problem of not being able to delay time? Because really at that point, there is no coming back. So what do we do? The answer is really quite simple. And it's that we have to sort ourselves out right here, right now. That's the only way that we can deal with this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a hadith in Tirmidhi which says, a person's feet will not move on the day of resurrection, until he is questioned about his life and how he spent it, about his knowledge and what he d- and what he did with it, about his wealth from where he acquired it and what he spent it, and about his body and for what he wore it out over, and that's in dirmedi. So, again, lessons that we can derive from that, big high-level things that we can think about. Two things, I think, in my view. Firstly, you know, what are we actually spending the majority of our time doing? It's either going to be at home or it's going to be at work is what we are doing at work haram for a start? You know, that's a gating item. If it's haram, we need to really think about that very carefully. If it's um, halal, but it's not really productive, then maybe we can fine tune it a bit. Maybe we can look for something that's more productive than the ummah. Maybe you can look for something that's going to add more value to the world. And um, in, in the process will, quite frankly, possibly be uh, more interesting as a job as well. So that's something that we can really fine tune. And think about because it shouldn't be that our job is just something that earns us our daily bread and that's it. Because if if we are spending about 20 or 30 years, you know, let's say we spend a third of our day working and we're spending about, um, you know, 20 or 30 years in total at our workplace, pure work, if out of our entire life, you know, that's a huge portion of our life, if that is in something that is basically just earning us um, some money to then do something good outside of work. That, in my view, is not an efficient use of our time. The work itself should be something that is getting us closer to Jannah. Uh, and so we should have a think about that. And then the second thing is, what are we doing with our family? What are we doing um, with our loved ones at home? Or how are we spending our time with them? Are we spending time um, you know, going home, relaxing, watching Netflix um, and YouTube? Nothing wrong with either of those things, right? Um, says the man who's got a video there. Um, but. The point is that, you know, how much of our time overall are we spending there, right? That's, that's something to think about. And two litmus tests in my view are uh, firstly, you know, if Rasulullah and I say this to myself, if Rasulullah was here today, how proud would you be or not about explaining to him, you know, what, what do you do as a job? What do you do on an evening with your family? You know, if, he, if you were to be honest with him and explain exactly what you do, how proud of that would you be? Then the second litmus test is uh, the mother test. How proud would you be if your mum knew, you know, if she had a camera, like a head, you know, a head camera, one of those cameras, and she could just literally see what you were doing all day long? How proud would she be? Um, and this is obviously assuming that your mum is a Muslim and you know she wants what's good for you. So those are the two kind of litmus tests that we need to think about. And if there's things in our life in our 24 hours that we think that or our moms would not be proud of. Then those are the things that we should start with. <laughs> the final thing that I wanted to talk about of the three negotiation things that we started with. The first one was knowledge. The second one was about timing. The third thing was about negotiation power. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let's set the scene here. When we're going to be standing in that position, um, this is going to be the scene. فَإِذَا بَرِقَ الْبَصَرُ وَقَصَفَ الْقَمَرُ وَجُمِعَ الشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ when sight is confounded and the moon is eclipsed, hidden from view and the sun and the moon are brought together the earth is rolled up, everyone is coming out of, 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 the, of the graves everyone is desperate there, there are people who are literally drowning in their sweat the sun is literally just above our heads There are, you know, Allah wa ta'ala, he, he says vividly in the Quran uh, يوم min that on that day we will be fleeing from our brothers and sisters, from mothers and fathers, from our children and our wives. You know, think of it, you know, you've just literally thousands of years, however many years, you've come out of the grave and at that day, you know, you and you're in this desperate situation, it's really you know quite bad. What would you do normally in that situation? You'd look to your family, you'd go to them, you'd kind of congregate with them and hang on to something that you know. On that day, it's going to be that bad. And that, you know, person, that person is so much going to be focused on their selves. About what is going to benefit them. That they will run away from their families. They will run away from the loved ones. And, I, and as, so, as someone who's a recent father, I can't imagine how, what would bring that about if I would run away from my son but that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying will be the situation on that day and then the angels and you know when you have these negotiations and uh, people want you to come to their offices because it's home turf and they'll have you know a grand kind of office and it's all about you know putting you in your place and putting themselves in their place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the ultimate on that front and the angels the angels will be on its sides and this is talking about the arsh and the eight angels will that day bear the throne of your Lord above them. On that day you will be brought to judgment and none of your secrets will remain. And then on that day Allah SWT says and hell will be brought near on that day. bi You will be able to see it. It will be like, <coughs> like a wild animal almost that it's described in the Quran. You'll be able. It's like a living animal. It, it's asked, are you full? And it will say, is there any more? It's that hungry. And you'll be able to hear it's crackling and roaring from a distance and feel the heat from a distance and and that hellfire will be brought near on that day on that day will man remember how will that remembrance then avail him so what's the solution to this kind of situation well there's there's a bunch of solutions but i think the most important one is in a hadith of ahmed the first thing that people will be held accountable for on the day of judgment is prayer Allah will say to his angels even though he already knows look at my slaves prayer were they complete or not if they were complete it will be written as complete and if they were not complete Allah will say see if my slave has voluntary prayers if he has them Allah will say complete the shortage in his obligatory prayers with his voluntary prayers and then the rest of his deeds will be dealt with in the same manner and so if you know the the (coughs) scholars say that if the salah if that bit of it goes quickly, if that bit of it is done and dusted very quickly, then you're onto a winner. You know, you're going to do well after that, right? And if that bit isn't done quickly, you know, if someone is taking a while in that, uh, you know, in that booth in front of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, if someone is taking a while in there, then there's problems, right? And so we want to make sure that our salahs are completely pinpointed just a final thing before we wrap up you know you might say this is not really a negotiation and you know frankly you answer you you would be completely right this is not really a negotiation because there's no other way out of it right a negotiation is where you're trying to get the best deal but there is some kind of alternative here it is binary it's either Jannah or Jahannam that's it and Aisha she said that the Messenger of Allah said follow the right course seek nearness to Allah and give glad tidings (laughs) verily none of you will enter paradise by his deeds alone they said not even you O messenger of allah the prophet said not even me unless allah grants me his mercy know that the most beloved deed to allah is that which is done regularly even (coughs) if it is small so (coughs) aisha is saying and rasul is saying that ultimately really the negotiation you know at a high level let's take a step away you know from Let's talk about Brexit, you know, we started with Brexit. At a high level it's not really about you know, the economics of it. It's about that relationship that Boris Johnson manages to have with his counterparty. At a high level, people like to do <coughs> transactions with people they got to get on with. So in a weird analogous way, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la, and our relationship with him is that what really matters. And we need to build upon that by asking Allah's forgiveness. Now having that istighfar and doing shukr to him because that those are the things that bring us closer to him uh, and if we have that then we uh even um, will have an easy negotiation so wrapping up then really to summarize what we've already said let's look at our position take stock of it right now would we want to be in that booth in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment uh, negotiating pleading with him for um, for Jannah, we should ask Allah to make our hisab and yaseera easy. حساب. We should then try and strengthen our position vis a vis knowledge and time and uh, our negotiating powers. We should cover up our sins and other people's sins. We should seek forgiveness for our sins. Then, in terms of time, we should sort our act up right now, right here, both in our home life and in our work life, and really try and be efficient about that and then finally we should really reflect on our negotiation power and fix up our salawat because those are the things if we can nail those things then uh, you know I, I pray that allah wa ta'ala uh, will have um, mercy upon us for um, for our sins allahumma salli wa wa barik ala wa habibina muhammad وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليماً the اللهم Allah الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل of والمشركين ودمّر أعداءك أعداء الدين اللهم حاسبنا the Muslim. اللهم حاسبنا the Islam اللهم the جعل... اللهم Allah آخر كلامنا لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله اللهم of كيوم ولدتنا Allah يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنك عفوٌ تحب العفو the أن اللهم انك عفون تحب العفو فاعف عنا ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين